You're listening to Graden Square with the Apostasy Now podcast. Well, I appreciate it. I, I, you know, anytime you guys want to have me on the show, you know, I'm, I'm definitely down to come back. But yeah, you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, I'm most active on Instagram uh, and, and uh, Facebook. Then I'm, I'm pretty active on Facebook. Uh, and then I also, you know, I play a lot of video games. Like I'm a huge gamer. I'm huge on Star Citizen, uh, the RSI website. You can just, you know, follow me as uh, uh, Graden Square or my call sign is Extra P. So you can add me as that. But um, yeah, oh, oh, one other thing. If you are interested in the game Star Citizen and you want to join a cool federation of secular people who, you know, look, we're not going to beat you over the head with it. We're not going to talk about atheism 24-7. We just want to play some sci-fi, you know, fantasy game and, and, you know, set off into the stars. So if you're into that sort of thing, um, you know, look us up as well. The Unified Federation of Astro Entities is what we're going by. But even if you do know the details and, you, and, and something did happen, like at, at the end of the day, do are you, is there a level of... Um, you know, uh, remorse and, and, and forgiveness and, um, you know, whatever that comes with that. Because if there isn't, cool. It lets me know that, shit, a lot of people are better off in the church community. At least there, they talk about forgiveness. However it, it fake it is or whatever you want to call it. But at least I know if I make a mistake over there, someone will say, you know what? It's not my place to judge you. God will judge you. Now you tell me I'm going to give more respect to them than you and you're the secular community? Get your shit together, atheist community, because you're losing me. I'm not saying I'm going to go turn around and be a Christian, but if you're losing me, imagine how many other people you're losing just on some casual shit. You're listening to Graden Square with the Apostasy Now podcast. All right, peace, peace. Hit me up on our Facebook if you guys have any questions. All right, man. See you later. Welcome back to Apostasy Now. I've got a number of shows in the can and I'm trying to work to get them out because all of a sudden a bunch of people became available around the same time. So this episode, we've got Tom and Cecil of Cognitive Dissonance. We laugh a lot because these guys are hilarious. Their show, Cognitive Dissonance Podcast, you can find it at dissonancepod.com if I remember correctly. Um, The links will be in the show notes. These guys, they take stories that are very difficult to palate. They break them apart in an intelligent way, and they'll have you laughing at the same time, which I think is a powerful thing in life. So check it out. I think it's a great conversation. Don't forget, we have a new channel, newest channel on YouTube, Apostasy Now, same name. We're uploading our shows, uh, so the episodes will be there. And every other week... We are going to be having just a free-range, open conversation with different guests, people that we know, people who have been on the show, or just friends of ours, and we're having a lot of fun. Eventually, hopefully, we'll be able to get into a little bit more complicated stuff, some basic animation and whatnot, so check it out on YouTube, Apostasy Now, and remember our website, apostasynow.net. Find us on Facebook, yada, yada, yada. Right, let's go on another episode of Apostasy Now. I'm shouting! 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 I'
because I'm very much a skeptic. More, I'm I'm more of a skeptic than I am an atheist. I mean, atheist is a conclusion based on my skepticism. So you'd be better if you were straight. Yes. Wow. Anybody so, would be. That attitude is what is responsible for the rise of atheism. That's not what Islam is all about. Islam is peace. What is the penalty for leading the Muslim faith? With a death penalty. Thank you. This is apostasy now. For people to get the information correct before they start yap, yap, yapping. Get ready to root for the bad guys. Resisting while you still can, and before the right to complain is taken away from you, which will be the next thing. Good, how you doing? I'm glad you can hear me on the first try. Oh, it's a good day. We gotcha. <laughs> uh, so, uh, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me. I'm just going to start yeah, recording right away. Okay. okay, well, just a real quick piece of housekeeping um, yeah. is just I've got some travel I've got to do for work tonight. Um, so if we can keep it around an hour, that would be yeah, no problem. ideal just because I don't want to show up late to okay. sleeping in a shitty hotel. Yeah, and, and if I lose track, just say, all right, dude, I give you a heads yeah, I'm up. just going to fucking hang up. <laughs> no, I won't even say anything. I'll all just right, fucking, dude. You know, I just fucking – I won't even tell Cecil I'm leaving and I'm across <laughs> from him. I just throw my fucking headphones on the ground and uh, fucking put my dick back in my awesome. pants and leave. <laughs> uh, well, I'm sorry to hear that uh, your dick's not in your pants during recording sessions. <laughs> uh, I don't think you're that sorry. Hey, oh, <laughs> you're not the only one, at least. All right. How you guys doing? Good. All right, hey, man. We're great. We're great. Thanks for having us on your show. Yeah, it's my pleasure, man. I've been listening to your show for, I don't know, a uh, Ever since I've been into podcasts, I've been so like a week. Yeah, he's got a full. <laughs> yeah, I'm like uh, maybe two, three episodes into your back catalog. Pretty deep, pretty deep in there. Kind of an OG. Sometime, <laughs> sometime after, apparently, you stopped doing movie reviews and got oh, into wow. the uh, the business of uh, headlines. Somehow, you make them funny, even though wow. they're often really not. <laughs> oh man, movie reviews. That's Those OG. Were, we were good at that. Yeah, Not no, we good at that. We no, we were terrible at that. <laughs> we were the worst. Have you gone back and listened to any of those fucking train wrecks at all? No, I've only heard you mention don't. those. Don't, don't, don't do it. Do you have any, if you have any self-respect at all, yeah. like any, like any whatsoever, like if you are still a little appalled by two girls, one cup, like don't <laughs> listen to everyone's a critic. A tiny little. Two bit. critics, yeah. one cup, oh. eh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, our production standard is only marginally better, so. You guys, uh, you keep everything so light. I honestly, sometimes you'll be talking about something and I'll be laughing with it. And sometimes you guys even say it while you're laughing. Like, this is so terrible. Like, I don't, <laughs> this is the gift. It's a gift. Pretty much every week we say this is the worst thing we've ever done. Yeah. Or the worst thing we've ever said. Yeah. You know, a hundred years ago, I used to think, man, maybe I'll like, maybe one of these days I'll get involved in local politics and run for city council. I couldn't run for dog catcher after <laughs> no. this show. Oh, no. I couldn't be, I couldn't run for fucking sanitation engineer yeah. after this show. <laughs> well, all I mean, you, the, the, all you have the to fun do of the show is the worst shit. Jesus. If you have a conversion to all Jesus, right. they'll take you. Then yeah, they'll forget. You me. could just lie about all of it. Yeah. Right. That's oh, exactly I was just, it. Yeah. I was a sleeper cell atheist. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was in there. I've infiltrated the ranks. I honestly, though, I don't know some of the stories that we cover. Like uh, recently, we covered a story where a young man cut his own hand off because uh, he thought that he had offended God. He thought he offended Allah. Yeah. And he cut off his own hand and he served it to his own priest or cleric or whatever it is on a platter. Um, and he actually had had mistakenly raised his hand when they said, who has not prayed here or something like that. And he mistakenly raised his hand and then went home, cut it off, returned to that on a platter, et cetera. 
you know, unless you're making some sort of light or some sort of joke, I don't know how you cover that story. I don't. I really don't. I don't know how. I mean, unless you're like 100% a million serious like they are on the news where today a man and uh, blah, 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 cut off his hand. as he, da, 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 da. You know, that, that's the only other way to cover it. I, I don't yeah. know how you conversationally cover that story without making a little bit of fun. Yeah. If you editorialize horrible shit and you don't and you don't make light of it. And, it's, and you read a story like that, what are you going to bring to the table that isn't self-fucking-apparent, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. I mean, like, are you going to say, like, you're going to get all serious and be like, you know, I, uh, I don't think you should have done that. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, my guess is, and I, I am not a medical expert, but uh, that probably hurt I, I would also, probably badly. I would also imagine that he, uh, he is going to have a difficult time of it from He's now on. He's going yeah. to uh, masturbating with that hand will be difficult. <laughs> Fuck, no, that was a joke. I, I can't even do it. I can't even do it either. I can't do it. <laughs> It's outrageous. I'd still figure out a way to stump myself. I off, know. Though. Yeah. You know, I bet. I you, thing is, is you could probably reach your prostate. I was going to say, you, know, you, could, just, you could fist your own butt. Right? You know, I'd have to get into easily. some butt stuff. Yeah. Which, fine. You know, I mean, win in Rome go. or win in yeah, Pakistan. I don't know. Yeah, you, could, you could maybe like you could maybe like somehow affix a flashlight onto it. <laughs> somehow, you know? it's like it's like it's like back in the day when you had a pirate, you could have like a hook hand instead. You got a flashlight. You got hand. a flashlight hand. Yeah, sure. That movie would be a fucking bestseller. I don't know if movies are bestsellers, but that movie would be one. Sold wherever fine magazines are sold. That would be outstanding. So have we ruined your show yet? Yeah, how mean, many minutes yeah, in are we? Yeah. We're like four minutes, five minutes in. Oh, man. It would be tough for you guys to ruin my show. I mean, you could try if you want. We could have some fun with it. Well, we will. No, yeah, we will. Yeah, no. I pre- Thanks for the permission, but we weren't asking. <laughs> yeah, uh, the the articles about stuff like self-amputations. People stoning each other, strapping bombs on. Uh, usually, when people talk about them, though, that's why people leave the room is because it's just they know. Like once it's said, you know everything you really need to know. <laughs> right? Yeah. The headline tells you everything you need to know with most right. of the stuff we cover. Yeah. If you're confused about how to feel about these stories, <laughs> I feel like we're not having a conversation. I mean, honestly, because there are people that are confused about this. They're like, mm, well, we need to we need to really have a close examination about whether or not you know blasphemy and apostasy is a legitimate form of self expression. Fuck you! <laughs> like that's you know yeah. how about fuck you? We'll start from that standpoint, yeah. and then we'll make dick jokes afterwards. Yeah. Because if we don't start with the with, with with the groundwork laid of fuck you then i don't want to even talk like we don't, we're clearly never going to see eye to eye on this subject yeah i think the left i think the left too often falls all over itself in an attempt to um uh, examine things in a critical and, and objective light to be as inclusive as possible to any possible idea or interpretation right and I don't think that stupid shit requires you to be – I mean because some shit's stupid. Like some yes. shit you can be like, that's fucking awful. And you know who does that? Awful people. And you know what influences that? Awful ideas. I mean there's some shit that happens in Iran where they, they cut people's hands off still. They still have a system yeah. of government where if you steal a, something – um, it's always popular. I don't know why I was going to go with loaf of bread, but it turns out that that's what you always go with. Steal a <laughs> right. loaf of bread. I don't know why you go there, um, but you'd go there anyway. You're hungry. It's, it's a bad guy. You, you steal a bad guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm looking for a bread bowl later. <laughs> I just don't want to look at what it's stuffed with. Now, but the weird thing is having your ice cream in the bread bowl. Yeah. I mean, I still do it, but it's just that's just carbs for no reason. It's not but, even good. But seriously, there's a, there's a uh, this 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 practice that goes on where they they pneumatically chop people's limbs off, and I don't know how you look at that 
As an outside observer, as an inside observer, as somebody who's going to be putting your hand in it later and think it's a good thing. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you get there. I can't have that conversation with somebody. I can't get there. So, you know, I leave that to the dogma debates. I leave that to the people who are going to have conversations with somebody on the other side and try to convince them that this is the right way to think or, you know, oh, it's it's a bad, you know, it is a bad thing that you that you're actually, uh, you know, cutting people's hands up. Like, I don't want to have that conversation with anybody. I'm done. I'm already past that point so our show picks up where those other shows leave off those shows leave off with okay now we've established that this is bad well we pick up at the we know it's bad we know it's horrible there's no there's no other side it's just this side right same thing i mean there's so many of those like the worst stories we cover it's like oh wait they put a tire around people and burned a witch like do i do if i have to tell you that that's a bad idea yeah (laughs) real for fuck's sake. Yeah. I'm not even going to engage that conversation. Yeah. They cut up an albino for a, a potion or right. something. Yeah. Uh, um, real shit we've covered. Yeah. That's not a thing you yeah. should do. It's not for yeah. people. People aren't for cutting up for potions. <laughs> that's for rhinos. <laughs> Endangered tigers. Exactly. <laughs> you could have just said tigers. I think the yeah, endangered think, yeah. is superfluous, right? Yeah. And you guys have a great rapport with, uh, well, there's always some people in your audience that are going to take issue with something and kind of get under your skin. But you generally, overwhelmingly, it sounds like you have a really good back and forth with your audience compared to, I think, most shows. You guys are constantly, like, playing, like, the audio clips of people calling in, leaving you guys messages. We've got amazing – I think we've got – I think we have a listener base that humbles both of us. I really do in terms of their generosity and their engagement with the show. um, I I think we're – Cecil and I are are both very surprised on on a regular basis with how – um, tremendously generous and forthcoming with their time and their money and their expertise that our listeners are. I just, we don't deserve it because um, we just sit in a studio and make dick jokes, but we couldn't <laughs> do it if we didn't have them. So, I mean, yeah, our listenership is just, I mean, they're just really good people and we're not sure why they're listening to us. We also scare away, I think, anybody who's going to be uh, really, really, truly anti. I don't. I think those people yeah. they they stop listening the moment they hear the first f bomb and they just disappear. <laughs> they say, "Oh, these people aren't worth discourse," so they just disappear. So the amount of hate mail we get is pretty minimal. I mean, we'll get the most we'll get is like bad iTunes reviews and stuff. That's right. what we get. Well, you know, you've gotten to a level of success that others will envy when you get death threats. That's that's what I'm taking <laughs> away from uh, watching late night oh. television. Anyway, oh Fuck man, that. I'll tell you, I that's a. There's some serious reconsideration of what your hobby is the moment you start getting death threats. I will say that. Like, as a family man, like, yeah. we get a death threat, it's like, well, gotta go. Yeah. I'm not going to put up with that. I'm not putting up. I wouldn't put up with that for a fucking second. Yeah. Like, not to make a dick joke. Like, I'm not, I have no illusions here that I'm changing the world. Yeah. I, you know? I, yeah. I barely even changed my underpants. Yeah, just imagine saying this to your family. Like, listen, it's, it's about dick jokes. It's worth the risk. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like when the, when the fucking when when some crazed fucking imam accosts you outside of your school and he's about to shoot you in the face, just remember, Daddy likes making horror Babylon jokes. So I hope that's a comfort in your last moment. Yeah, yeah. If you hear uh, if you hear some kind of foreign screams of someone with something strapped to their chest and my name on their lips, run the other way, dears. Run the other way. Right. We pushed this too far. Right. And of course, we're excluding the friendly. Family death threats, like, eat your food or I'm going to kill you, that sort of thing. <laughs> oh, that's standard, right? Like, that's standard. I tell my boy all the time, I, I, like, just constantly, I'm like, can you go do the thing before I murder you? Because I will physically destroy you. <laughs> and he just looks at me and he's like, stop, stop. You're not going to destroy me. You're going to need me to change your diapers in just a handful of years, Dad. <laughs> that's right. It's going to switch around before you know it. Well, the inevitable abuse that I put my body through will certainly render me incontinent by the time I'm <laughs> five o'clock. So, 
Yeah. Well, and you'll be the one pretty soon going, hey, but I want to play video games longer. They're like, no, it's time, <laughs> it's time for your supper. <laughs> <laughs> Let me stay up. Matlock's not on till four. <laughs> no, shut up. Go to bed. You're a million years old. No one cares about you anymore. America. Now, you guys might find this interesting. Uh, this is a while back. I heard, I listened to a show. It's got to be, uh, it's got to be like at least a year and a half ago. You guys started talking about Amish people. And I can't remember which one of you really has a hate on for the Amish. Fucking hate the Amish, bro. That's Tom. Tom hates the Amish. I fucking hate the Amish. I respect the Amish. You do not. I will I cut you. I respect their beards. <laughs> okay. I think All their right. beards are pretty gnarly. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I can't beard like the Amish. I really can't. Like my beard is a fucking scraggle mess. I can't. I can't beard like that. Cecil, you'd pull off the Amish look in a heartbeat. Take a long time though. That's the thing is, I just respect their dedication to their face. You just got to grow the neck out. That's yeah. That's like, true. And that neck beard thing is weird. It's so it's weird. weird and itchy. I just it not a fan. Down. Yeah. It's like, and you're like laying in the bed at night and you're like jesus is there a cat on my neck what is happening to my face Dude, that's seriously face moss it is that's what yeah, it is exactly it's fucking yeah. face moss you need to roll your face around to get rid of it yeah. <laughs> well it was intended for you know winter and like back in the day yeah. when you didn't have heating in your house Exactly. They still don't have heating in their house on purpose. Yeah, the kids actually <laughs> nest in their beards until they're old <laughs> so enough to like, climb out. Yeah. They're like Amish kangaroos. <laughs> <laughs> Come to me, my son. <laughs> There's a pouch in their neck that fits the kids. Live in my neck beard. Enjoy. Curl up. Bring your skinny jeans. Well, the interesting thing about... Rubbish bring uh, out to my beard. The interesting thing there about the hostility sort of thing, as I really resonated with my, my background is Mennonite. And when I so there there are a lot of similarities wait, there. Wait, wait, there you're are a Mennonite. You're a Mennonite? That, that's my background. Yeah, by Mennonite. <laughs> <laughs> wait, I need to hear. I need to hear everything about this and then hate you for it. So, you were like, does that did, like did all the women wear bonnets and the men wore like anger pants and like scratchy clothes? Like, uh, well, what happens is there's a slow mutation because one of the different things between Amish and Mennonites is Mennonites have started becoming more nomadic. They every generation will kind of pick up nomadic. and move to another area. Now there's, those are better exceptions. Man. That's to that. different. What's that? <laughs> he said those are Bedouins. <laughs> <laughs> there are exceptions. So to you that, don't have like the... permanent settlements. Like you don't like where do you raise your barn? Like is it, do you raise mobile barns? Like a mobile home <laughs> barn? Well, at any rate, there are some areas that are that are permanent. Like I know Virginia has an area with Mennonites that have been there for a long time. Uh, they even have a university that apparently is quite respected. So what happens? A is... Mennonite university? Really? Yeah, Eastern Mennonite University in Virginia. Astonishing to me. Do, are all the professors <laughs> Mennonites? Well, they call themselves Mennonites as like their kind of cultural background, but they're all they're all modernized. They just have oh, okay. the the old fashioned kind of Christian way of thinking about a lot of stuff. So okay, the outside's modernized, anyways. But anyways, yeah. What, so when you criticize something uh, that's about the Amish or the Mennonites, most people that don't really know a lot about them think that you're crazy, right? They're like, why would you say anything bad about these people? They just run around their horses, and their kids are running around barefoot. But there's uh, there's a lot of really harsh negativity behind the scenes in those cultures. They're closed off cultures, really. I, I think people before they uh, think such highly things are such high things about communities like that, they should maybe uh, go spend a month or two there. You know, the, the thing is, like, I think I think the tendency in America is to romanticize rural communities in yeah. general. I think we romanticize the idea of, you know, the bygone age and, and the Amish seem to represent a sort of false continuum of a bygone age where, you know, the men were men and the women wore bonnets and, you yes. know, nobody, nobody had electricity. And, you know, there's a reason that most of the world gets electricity and then doesn't say, no, pass, you know, because <laughs> it's awesome. 
And you know the Amish and the Mennonites and all the like the fucking backward butter churners of the world that are doing that shit on purpose are doing that shit on purpose as a way to create these exclusive communities. They're exclusive of the real world. They're uh, deeply inclusive on on their side. They do that shunning shit, which makes me yeah. nuts. I think that yeah. shit's evil. That yeah, is really nasty. Yeah. The the you know the educational or lack thereof opportunities for the kids is is tantamount to child abuse. I think. Yeah. You know, and then and then they're also I think they're a bunch of fucking lying hypocrites because they build these 16th century fucking communities and then they take advantage of 21st century technology when it suits them as long as they're not the ones owning it or pushing the button. And that shit makes me fucking nuts. Yeah. You know, yeah. like they they'll they'll fucking hop in their buggy and go to a hospital if necessary. As I fuck you, man, and fucking enjoy the fucking dirt world that you fucking created for yourself. <laughs> Either live in this space or don't live in this yeah, space. Yeah, right. It's it's like somebody making fun of your house and then saying, hey, can I spend the night? Right. No, yeah. you can't. Fuck off. No, yeah. yeah. Go live in your mud hut. <laughs> well, Go there's, raise there's, a barn. There's a similarity there that they take to a lar- to a well, more visible, larger extent than other religious people. But the, you could say some of the similar things about, uh, for instance, uh, certain Muslim countries, right? They... <clears throat> They want to live kind of in the past in many different ways. They're very, uh, you know, authoritarian about that. But then they also want their cell phones or iPads. <laughs> right? right. It's 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 like, oh, yeah, well, let's let's take what's convenient and we'll use that. And then we'll we'll use the trappings of modern technology in order to decry the modern world. And it's like, well, fuck you, man. You can't get on Twitter and be like, hashtag totes old school. Yeah. Like, fuck off. <laughs> Hashtag Roomspringer. Right. <laughs> that shit just makes it so transparent. That's the thing that like, but and but we we romanticize. It's like, oh man, I got Amish furniture. What does it even mean? What does that even mean? It means somebody fucking made you furniture. That's all that that yeah, means. Yeah. It means made nothing. It, it means it's probably not made in China yet. Right. Uh, but we, you know, we romanticize it. Oh, it was fucking, let's go buy some Amish jams and jellies from the fucking bonneted dipshits down the road selling it from the fucking stands. Why would I, you know, I don't give a shit. It makes me yeah, so nuts. If you're curious, my background, uh, there was about three generations that took to completely come out of the Mennonite background. And so a lot of people that we kind of have as relatives that are still what we call old colony. They'll use cars now, and they have phones and whatnot. They have the technology, and they live often in regular communities. Um, so it's kind of dissipating and slowly kind of moving away from really existing at all, like we think of. Um, but they still have things like the women all wear black, and they all sit on one side of the church, and they have to wear a black head covering. And Good weird Lord. things like it. God, that's right. not hot at all. Holy cow. <laughs> Man. I mean, I'd still fuck half of them, but it's still... <laughs> It would be hard, you know, to be hard. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be a challenge. But you know what? You know, they have lots of kids. That's another thing, man. They have tons. There's nothing to do. Yeah. Like, there's nothing. That, that's the thing. It's like no one's fucking binge watching Netflix. Like, you're just going <laughs> to. <laughs> there's nothing to do. It's like, it, plus women, I, I you know, I, I suspect, and I don't know this for sure, but I strongly suspect based on the, 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 the way those cultures tend to be laid out is women probably don't feel comfortable being egalitarian in bed or using birth control or refusing the demands of a, of a man. So, you know, it's fucking, it's like fucking 3.30 in the afternoon. It's fucking dark outside because it's corn goblin world and it's dark at night in the winter time you're gonna fuck your wife because why not she can't say no and there's nothing on tv she's not on protection she's gonna have a million kids yeah that and, sounds horrible and this is this everyone's is actually, a dugger <laughs> everyone is a dugger this is an important lesson i learned growing up not from my own family but from other families that we knew 
when we hear about the, when they grew up to be adults, but when they were kids, the amount of abuse in the home and being a closed off society, more, more so in Mexico than over here for these groups. When they're in Mexico. Wait, there's Mennonite Mexicans? Yeah, Mexican Mennonites. Mexonites? Yeah. Mexonites? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the last thing is and, don't and, have a closed and, society. And and you have a you, you've been saying a boot, so clearly you're from Canada. <laughs> so so you, it like stretches the whole northern northern part of America. I had no idea. I thought the Mennonites were just like stuck <laughs> in the corn country. Like all the the Amish don't spread all the way down to Mexico, do they? Well, that's no. That's why we like the Amish. <laughs> <laughs> Man, all right. So you were saying the Mexonites. The Mexonites, yes. Uh, so, uh, yeah, well, down there, the authorities, at least traditionally, have been l- less concerned about what's going on in people's homes and protecting kids and whatnot. So you have all kinds of abuse stories. Sometimes, like, there'll be, like, 10 kids in the family, everyone sexually abused by parents. Oh, Jesus Oh, well, that's Christ. horrible. Yeah. 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 No, it's great. Absolutely. That's terrible. Because there's nobody in society to watch out for them. Right, right? Like, exactly. They build these communities, and they don't go to school, and they don't – so there's nobody – there's no social workers. There's no one for them to talk to. It's, yeah. They're just – Fucking horrible people can just cool. fucking run like a wildfire through that shit. Well, even where that stuff uh, isn't uh, straight up sexual abuse or, or, or beatings, the 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 whole point of a parent isn't it to try and give your kids as much opportunity as you can, not just safety, but opportunity, expose them to things they might want to do when they get older, having skills that they might need. And this is this way of life is just so the opposite of that. It's really sad. We can't be part of a feud with the Amish. I didn't start this thing, Lois, but I'm gonna finish it. Joe, go round up Quagmire and all the modern-day technology you can find. We are going to war. No, I, I, I think that raising kids in those communities is genuinely, and I don't, I don't really don't say this terribly lightly, I think it is often tantamount to child abuse because you, you, you take kids and you don't give them a good education. You don't teach them about how the real world works. And then even if they decide to leave, if they decide to leave your community, their ability to do that and be functional in the world with a fucking second grade education and, you know, no understanding of the real world um, is, is going to be deeply, deeply hamstrung. Yeah, and that's why I like it that in Canada, there, you know, I'm sure in the states as well. The depending on where you are, is the different techniques or whatever. But eventually, society does begin to intrude in situations that make it more and more difficult for this type of stuff to continue unabated. I mean, there are some holdouts, but I mean, largely over here, most of the Mennonite families eventually, in a couple of generations, integrate. So tell me about your. Uh, so you you left the Mennonite community, or you did you grew up. How how Mennonitian were you? Like- well, mostly it's a mentality thing. My um, my grandparents started moving out of the Mennonite background a little. My parents they completely embraced modern society. They are both still evangelical Christians, which is where a lot of Mennonites then next it's the next step when they modernize. And I see myself as the next step, which is uh, I'm an atheist Canadian who has a Mennonite background, <laughs> and I'm on a Mac. With <laughs> so. <laughs> so your folks are evangelical Christians. You're obviously not so much. Uh, what do they think about that? I'm curious, like, especially from such a conservative religious background. I'm sure that goes well. They Sometimes we disagree, but it never gets into fights. They've been very good about it. Like, they, they just care about me. They worry about me, I'm sure. It's, it's pronounced about it. And they're about Canadian, it. so they hug yeah. everything that's, out. Right? They're just, yeah. they're just apologizing yeah, for being upset. They're just really no, sorry about the whole Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry about it. Sorry. Yeah, yeah that's true. You know, actually, on my own show, I don't think I've ever really gone into my Mennonite background before. So there's a little tangent for everyone who listens. <laughs> now, how about you guys? Uh, what uh, what brought you guys from doing movie reviews, or what? What? How did you guys meet? You're obviously really good friends. Did you grow up together, or? 
we met in junior college, so we were going to the same junior college together. And uh, uh, when we just when we sort of fucked off to university to do different universities, uh, Tom and I kept in contact. And uh, and then when we we sort of uh, were in university, uh, we talked a lot and sort of became friends in like our senior year. And then uh, really close friends, actually. And then we became we just been close friends ever since. So, you know, we sort of hit it off and became very close friends. And uh, we these converse, the conversations we have on the podcast were just conversations we were having already. It just turns out <laughs> that we decided, you know, why don't we record it sometime? And it's funny because I listened back to the early, early podcasts we have and we were trying to be so serious. We were right. trying to be we trying to be what we weren't. And uh, there were so many times I remember editing those podcasts and cutting out my side, which was laughter or Tom's laughter because I didn't think it was professional. And uh, and and it was it was it was it was a joke. It, it, it wasn't funny. It wasn't interesting, and it wasn't worth listening to. So someone and would then, say something funny, and then it'd be like crickets. Well, no, I would just <laughs> I would just bleed it all together, so there wouldn't be any pauses in between. So some Tom would say something hysterical, and I would cut my laughter part out and have me just respond. Uh. So it would be response, 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 and it was a back and forth sort of back and forth firing back and forth, and it never it never was all that funny. And uh, all that interesting. And then when we, when I started leaving it in, I, I mean, it was more laziness, I think, than anything else. I just started leaving it in because it was just a pain in the ass to edit. And it, it got better. It, it wound up get, making the podcast more listenable because it you could genuinely tell these were two people who enjoyed having a conversation with each other. And that's yeah. it. And so uh, Tom and I, like, we, we've been friends for 20 years. And then we just started recording our conversations. And it, it turned into something that other people like to listen to. Yeah, we actually... Floated the Cecil floated the idea of a podcast. We were working on each other's houses for a while. We both bought our first houses at approximately the same time, and mine was a goddamn pit and needed to be fixed. <laughs> and, uh, I, we did some work at Cecil's house as well, and so we would sometimes trade weekends back and forth. You know, I'd work on mine, he'd work on his, whatever. Whoever had a project going at the time, and we were actually driving to the hardware store one day, and Cecil was like, "You know, we should record all this and do a podcast." And you know, being a generally agreeable uh, person who never has any intent to follow through, I of course said sure, and then never thought <laughs> about it again until Cecil called and was like yeah we're fucking recording tonight do it and I'm like i don't even know what that means so and i still haven't learned yeah so and he's been you know, just as prepared the entire time I so i feel like uh, you've tolerated it now yeah. for eight years i can't <laughs> understand why i would change so don't leave me bro <laughs> there are some very amusing similarities into the way you just told that story uh from uh, me and the co-host i have when he's not busy with school and family he shows up when he has time but it was the same type of thing where I was like, dude, I'm going to do a podcast. I want you to be my co-host. And he was like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah like, sure. He doesn't believe you. Yeah. He doesn't right. believe you. Oh, no. right, yeah, okay. Yeah, let's go skydiving sometime. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah, fucking, we're never doing that. <laughs> it's never, I'll fucking, I'll say yes to it all the time. Yeah, yeah let's go do that thing. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, whatever. All right. But Cecil is like uh, annoyingly ambitious sometimes. <laughs> so he's like, if you, you know, Cecil's one of those guys where if he says he's, I don't even understand this. If he says he's going to do something, he does it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Turns out, yeah. Instead of just being agreeable and then later unavailable, <laughs> yeah. like, which is kind of my MO and <laughs> works great. It's like, oh, yeah, I'll totally help you move on fizzle day okay i yeah. gotta go yeah. and, then, you know, <laughs> and then never answer the phone again right. oh yeah. is it four's day already yeah. hold on a minute no i've got something in smarch i can't get to that <laughs> so yeah it, it but cecil does the things he says he's gonna do and then uh you know, I just tag along. I'm there for the, I'm along for the ride. I'm the, I am the lesser Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> you're the, you're supposed to say that you ride shotgun. No, I'm just the lesser Baldwin. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, no, no. Say, shotgun, you may have some responsibility. Input. Yeah. yeah. I don't know that, that... No, that seems hard. Yeah. And... Gotta so carry a big lazy. metal stick around. 
Yeah. I mean, I'll shoot a shotgun, but you know, I'm not going to go. No, I'm not going to be responsible for that. That doesn't seem, that doesn't seem in keeping with my nature. Not at all. So I, I'm imagining then from what you're saying is that moving from the, uh, the old format to the show that you do now, just the topic change and any format change just came because you were more comfortable with what you were doing and decided this would be more up your alley. Well, what happened was is we were we were recording the the old format, which was the podcast of the movie reviews, and we we did movie reviews for six. Oh no, not that many years. How many years was it? Four years, I think. Yeah, something like that. It was that. like four years of movie reviews, and we were never very consistent. We were kind of off every other week, and then we'd take off three weeks, and sometimes we'd take off four weeks because we didn't really want to watch the movies. We'd 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 say we'd watch a movie, and then we'd want to not want not want to watch it, and so then we'd we kind of just sort of it it really just didn't work out very well. But while we were doing the movie reviews, we started. Doing doing this news segment that we just thought would be fun to talk about little things, you know, at the beginning of the show, what we called the intro. And so we recorded this intro portion and it wound up being the things we're interested in, which is what we record now for cognitive dissonance, the atheistic news, the skeptical news, et cetera. And then uh, one day uh, we, we sat down and we decided, you know what, we're going to split these two shows up. We're going to have two shows. One's going to be the same one that it was. It's just going to be movies. And the other one's going to be the news portion. We're going to call it cognitive dissonance. And we're just going to put them both out there. And we thought cognitive dissonance would fizzle after a couple months and people wouldn't be interested. And it turns out people were way more interested in that than they were the movie reviews. And we just stopped doing the movie reviews six months later. And we haven't missed a show of cognitive dissonance in, uh, Gosh, we started in 2011, yeah. so we haven't missed a show in five years. We've been doing it every week for five years. Yeah. Wow. Now, production schedule has been pretty tight. Yeah. <laughs> it's been pretty tight. Yeah. And through some crazy shit. Like, you know, life, a lot of life changes happen in five years when, when you've got two families involved. Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, but, you know, I think the audience responds to, to having some consistency. And, and so yeah, that's and what so we try we, to provide. We just, yeah, we've been, we've been doing it. And, and that, that news portion just, it, it evolved during we were doing Everyone's a Critic, and it never really changed. It's always been the same. It's the yeah. same sort of news stuff. And we do, we, and the only thing we did when we moved to Cognitive Business is we added bumpers in between so people could differentiate the segments between each other that's all we did right i remember when we sat down in your place and we talked about it we're like oh this won't even be that much more work we're really just going to need a new intro yeah some new bumpers and uh you know an ending yeah but otherwise the content the meat you know is all the same same. it's all the same so yeah and also congrats on your audio work i am sort of uh when i have time i get really obsessed with my audio cleaning it up and putting stuff in. sure sure yeah you guys have a great sound to the quality we, you, you know we even when we were recording I, you know this toot my own horn a little bit even when we were recording separately in kind of bad rooms i think we had pretty good audio and i think the reason why is because we just uh we recorded separately and then we mixed it in post and it wound up turning out pretty good we do a skype conversation tom and i would be in two separate rooms uh you know like separated by 30 miles we would have the skype conversation we would each record ourselves and then we would upload it uh to an ftp and then i would edit it together like it were a conversation and it turned out great it wound up sounding like we're in the same room together and 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 it wound up being the thing is the thing that turns people off a podcast most of the time is that it sounds like it's recorded by you know uh joey's little brother and it it, you know it's it's recorded on on, or it's recorded by edison's first thing that recorded (laughs) right and so it sounds terrible and so that's why I think a lot of people are turning off a of podcast is because they just don't have good – they just didn't – they didn't think ahead, and they, they think, oh, well, I'll just record a Skype call. Well, sometimes that doesn't work, and it doesn't sound good. So People yeah. also, I think, don't edit, and Cecil spends a tremendous amount of time editing the show. Well, I can um, guess. I mean, now, <laughs> now that we've done this for you know eight years, I think we're a lot more efficient at producing – 
content than it used to be. But I mean, there was a time where we'd, we'd talk for three hours for an hour long show. Yeah. And Cecil would edit that shit down to an hour because you have to recognize and respect your audience and say, look, this isn't funny or insightful. It goes. Yeah. And there's so many shows that it's just like, well, whatever it is, it is. Yeah, I'm talking about X and it doesn't matter if it's funny or inter- interesting or if it just or if the story even has a point. Right. Sometimes the story <laughs> has no point at all. And someone will just go off on a tangent and you're like, wait, what was I talking about? Oh, nobody cares. I mean, we've heard shows where somebody's like, oh, wait, I got to go feed my cat. Yep. And they're just and they for just, real. And just they get seriously up and feed their cat. get up. <laughs> leave and it's five minutes of silence <laughs> and, you're like, and you're wondering what's happening and then you hear them having conversation with someone right. really far away from the microphone you just hear <laughs> and, and you're wondering why the hell you're listening to it you yeah. know? well so google, google hangouts are perfect for that <laughs> oh i bet yeah oh. yeah and and we we've been on some of those google hangouts where we've had people interviewing us and they say oh I, hold on i gotta put my kid to bed during the middle of a live google hangout and, and you just you, you you shake your head and say well i don't have time for this bro like right i, I set time yeah, aside yeah, i don't you wanna, know I don't, look i didn't set time aside to, for you to put your kid to bed yeah, it's like i have my own kid that i'm not putting to bed to be on your show yeah my kids out in the dark wandering around the neighborhood yeah, exactly <laughs> It's fucking cold outside his fucking pajamas yeah. so I could be on your show. I right? sent him to the Mennonite community just for this. <laughs> he came back hugging his knees in yeah, the shower. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Fist Uh-oh. of the That's just oh, really dark. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um, yeah, uh, the, the audio uh, editing, one of my favorite things, and uh, you guys – I think I think I only heard one episode where that I remember Cecil apologizes at the beginning and says this recording there's something wrong with it and it's really fucked up I try to clean it up it's like apologetic my favorite is when there's something throughout the whole thing and you've got to try and filter it out through the entire thing you've recorded man sometimes it gets pretty bad but you know you just gotta you gotta put your nose to the grindstone the thing is is like people expect a level of why you know even from us they expect a level of professionalism that sometimes you just gotta put you gotta bust your ass to get it done so well when i was i know cecil has spent 16 hours one time on a show like there was a show we did not that long ago yeah where the, the people what they did was when when we record uh when I record, I'll I'll record my track, and then Tom would record his track, and then this other person was supposed to be recording their track solo for themselves. Well, they recorded the whole call. Well, the problem is is that our our audio, Tom and my audio, was in, interspersed in there in a crappy skype quality when i had really good quality for it so i could have just left it alone and had all the skype call for us and good good quality for them but instead i spliced in our audio in place of the skype audio but sometimes people talk over each other so you've got to be very meticulous with the cuts and it it just it took forever to do and it was just you know it's just it's uh, sometimes uh sometimes editing a podcast is a part-time job it is yeah well see now the reason i started mine is i for the last few years i've been going through some Awful family court stuff, right? I won't uh-huh. go into details, but I needed something to keep myself from sliding into depression, like just sitting sure, around sure. thinking about bad stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And so I've been, as a truck driver, I've been listening to podcasts for years. Yours is actually one of a very small handful of shows that helped give me an idea of the kind of quality I wanted to put out, some of the ideas I wanted to execute. Um, so, yeah, like you, you guys, I don't, I don't know what programs you use. Uh, that maybe you do faster than me. I when you're talking about 16 hours, I know I've done some like that as well. Where um, my co-host will be stunned when I show him, like I'm like I'm telling him, like I go through each line on the guest's call and I'll like silence all of the crackling, 
manually because right, yeah. I couldn't get yeah. it out automatically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sometimes you have to go through and just to, just just to silence it out. Are you using Audacity? Yeah. Yeah. See, Audacity, man, you, you, you're making it a lot harder on yourself uh, with Audacity with multiple streams. My opinion, Audacity is actually terrible for multiple streams. Audacity is, uh, and I don't know how good this is for your podcast, but I'll <laughs> let you know. Um, but I think Audacity is, is really terrible for multiple streams. In, my, in fact, I would suggest another program altogether. I would say GarageBand is probably very, probably one of my favorite uh, cheaper programs, depending on if you have a Mac or not, yeah. um, for for editing in multiple streams because the streams are very it's it's very uh, GUI based and user friendly. You can move things pretty easily with a mouse. Um, Pro Tools, of course, is the Cadillac of that. But I think that you could you could e- I've been editing in GarageBand for years, and uh, and it's a quick and dirty program that really I think with multiple tracks is uh, way superior to Audacity. Cool. Now, what you don't get is the ability to silence tracks, but you can cut pieces out and just delete it completely i should probably make it clear that i probably made it even more complicated for myself than you think because i uh i record on one program called call recorder that allows me to split up the 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 sure yeah you get yeah two different signals yep and then uh, i i do editing on uh, audacity and another program that i have but i can't remember the name of that i got just off the app store and that's how I try and get the sound quality good and the levels good on each. Then I, I use see. Audacity. I throw them together into one. Then I use GarageBand. <laughs> to put on all your bumpers and things? Yes, yes. Wow, yeah. See, I always I always do whenever I do multi-track, whenever I do like someone calling and then like especially with Call Recorder, I would do it on Audacity so I could sync it up better. You know, like because I always cut out those milliseconds that the Skype automatically puts in. Yeah. This all sounds like so much work. <laughs> Tom just threw his hands oh, in the air. It was God. amazing. Tom's ready to kill himself. Oh, can we just talk about baseball, which I also don't care about? <laughs> Holy fuck. Look, it's like laundry. It just happens. <laughs> just, like nobody knows. It's like the podcast fairy came right. and waved its little wand and the podcast uh, was created. Jeez, I feel like that's how it happened. And that's how podcasts are made. You see, when one pod loves a cast <laughs> very much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, that sounds like a lot of work. Holy <laughs> shit. I don't even understand most of the words that were being used. It's <laughs> fucking outrageous. You guys use a computer for this? It's ridiculous. Ugh. So you've been listening to our show for a while. I'm curious. So you've been listening, you said, for, for quite a long time. How did you find our show back in the day? I mean, like, I think we're a little more readily found now, but I'm just wondering how you ran across us. Well, like I said, I was an overroad truck driver. Now I, I'm mostly local. But at the time, I uh, basically had the AM radio and FM radio to like try and keep me awake in the middle of the night. Eventually, uh, I, it's hard to explain why I was not able to get a computer or any kind of electronic device for a long time. Explanations are not because I'm Mennonite, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, eventually, my work phone allowed me to download podcasts. And there was a truck stop in Toronto that was near where I'd go past quite often. And I would start looking for podcasts. Um, and there was, I think... The first three I think I found was uh, Cognitive Dissonance, uh, The Thinking Atheists, and uh, get, um, Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. Yeah, the, yeah. The first sure. three. Yeah. I mean, the Cognitive Two Dissonance three sucks, of those are but pretty the good. other two are good. Yeah. <laughs> I won't tell the scathing atheist guys. Don't worry. It's all right. Well, I mean, on the radio, I could listen to some good quality stuff uh, from NPR. I mean, they, they tend to talk kind of like, you're going to sleep on NPR. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true right? man you do not want to listen to npr when you have a long road trip ahead of you if you're drowsy oh, oh no. my god oh no that's like and you're going to die in 30 <laughs> seconds 
Let's go to commercial and tell you how you're going to die. It's almost as bad as your eyes are getting heavy. Yeah. Right? You're beginning to fall, fall asleep. And when you die later, we'll send you a free tote bag. <laughs> For a pledge of one tombstone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, but podcasts, they, they revolutionized my brain, uh, being able to just go back into the archives of shows and like, get a whole bunch of stuff on, as much as I could pack onto that phone, then throw it into, uh, to, you know, an sure. earpiece. Yeah. That's, and I think... That's just something I love about podcasts. It, it, it allows us as a, an audience or a community to, to customize so much more. So your show, the listeners that you have, they don't, they're not listening to you because the dial is on. They're specifically coming to you because they like your program. Yeah, they have to, they have to, they have to download it. We're not preloaded. So you gotta, you <laughs> right? gotta do the work. So, you know, that's just part of the whole, I, I think that that's just part of the whole on demand entertainment movement. That's, that's, you know, Nobody, I, I can't even imagine the idea of watching television live or listening to live radio at all anymore. There's, I listen to NPR programs all the time, but I don't ever listen to oh, yeah, one I of them that I don't, that live, I listen to yeah. on Stitcher. I've never, I don't even have, I, I got, I recently had worked out on my car, they disconnected my battery and I, I didn't reset my radio stations because I, there's nothing yeah. I would reset. Like, why would I, yeah. my phone is my radio. Like, I can't even imagine the <laughs> idea of being like, oh, let's listen to something where I just get interrupted every now and again with fucking hair commercials. Like, fuck yeah. that. I will never do that. I'd rather burn my car to the ground. If you could just take someone from even, I think, probably 1990, and they appeared here and were like, you know, oh, hey, I need a phone. Oh, it's right here. Okay. Oh, I also need camera. It's right here. Uh, I need right. something that can get me uh, onto the internets. <laughs> it, 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 from 1990? Yeah. would be like, uh, why? That's not a useful yeah. thing. What would you do with the internet? That's ridiculous. Now in about 40 seconds, oh, yeah. we'll download one boob. It'll be awesome. Oh, man. I remember those days sitting there waiting patiently. Patiently. Come on, Jesus! Will you download? All I'm seeing is like the top of her head. Right? It's yeah. like it's like coming down the screen, and you're like, God. you don't even know what the picture is going to be. Is there either. any way you could start at the bush? <laughs> they should have started at the center. I know. And, and make out it go out. It's like come on, my fucking pants are already at my ankles. Jesus! You know, wife's going to be waiting. home in about thirty minutes. It takes twenty nine minutes to download the photo. That only leaves me thirty seconds left to clean up. <laughs> <laughs> Which is enough. Time, Which is actually. fine. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Plenty. <laughs> Quagmire? Hey, uh, nobody's seen you in days. Hey, Peter. I've just been uh, checking out some of that internet porn. You okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm just gonna go go and check my mail over there. You been lifting weights? Uh, no. No, I don't think. It, no. I, uh, I'm 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 sorry, Peter. I, I gotta I gotta get back. Yeah, we're spoiled in a lot of ways, but isn't that always the way? I mean, every generation takes it for granted. Yeah, so, yeah. I remember the first BlackBerry I got. I got it, and one of my coworkers laughed at me. I mean, it was fucking huge. It was like, and it had this fucking giant keyboard on it. it looked more like a label maker than a phone. <laughs> it was enormous. <laughs> And it had like a almost color screen, you yeah. know, it was like color-ish, yeah. you know, it was like eh, color <laughs> screen, you yeah. know. And uh, one of my coworkers laughed. She's like, now you can masturbate to porn in the bathroom at work. And I was like, hey, ideas. <laughs> yeah. Ideas. <laughs> ideas. You're an idea machine. Right. I was like, you are promoted. <laughs> I remember I remember, I was walking out of class in 19, this is going to date me, right? 19, 
97, I was walking out of class and I had just purchased my first cell phone. And this was back when you had to get buy a cell phone and then they would give you a contract. Right. right. Yeah. And so the cell phone was expensive. I actually bought it from a friend who was getting a new cell phone. So mine was relatively cheap. But then I had to buy a contract and I remember walking out and getting a call. And now this is back when the candy bar phones were big phones. They yeah, were right. not small phones. They were big. So I had a pretty big cell phone in my pocket. I reached down. I answered it. And I was walking with a couple of people away from class, and I said, yeah, I'll be there soon. And I hung up. And I remember the one guy looked at me with this look, and he said, I will never, ever own a cell phone. Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's the most ridiculous thing I see. That's the most useless item I've ever seen. And he's, and he's going on about it. And, and at the time, he was right. Sure? He was right. It was a superfluous item. We didn't use them. We didn't know how to use them. We didn't understand the, the value of them. And then nowadays, could you imagine someone saying that out loud? I mean, you'd just be like, what are you, a fucking idiot? Of course, you know, it, it's, right. the most, it's, it's the only phone I have now. Yeah. I don't even have a like a landline phone. Dude, like I won't go anywhere without my phone at this point. Yeah. Like I, I mean, I won't go from in my own house. I typically won't go from room to room. Yeah. Without my phone, I just re, I just instinctively grab it. It's like yeah. I'm just going to have that with me. Yeah. My son is nine. He has a fucking iPhone. Yeah. Because he's nine already. Like get an iPhone. What the fuck, bro? Like how am I going to text get a job, you? Job, <laughs> kid. What the fuck? Jesus. I think my first cell phone was in 2000. I was in university. And I got it. Now, I, I went to school for theater, which uh, is great for your, your personality. <laughs> it's an awesome way to be an over-the-road trucker. <laughs> <laughs> I got an English degree, bro. I'm right there. I, I know exactly what you're going through. I got a philosophy degree. So, <laughs> so I, yeah, I remember I got the phone, um, and they, obviously they were chunkier and clunkier than they are now. Hey, so am I. <laughs> and a liquid great crystal display that was black and green, no other colors. It was just numbers and letters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I do Play remember snake I, had on that bitch? About, I had it for about three quarters of a year, and I did hate it. Uh, there was very limited use for it, like you're saying. And uh, the one thing that it seemed to be useful for was people getting mad if I had it off. Because yeah, once right? I had it, and they, they wrote down, this is your cell number for anything theater-related. If you didn't have your phone on, they'd be so mad at you on the answering machine. Yeah, yeah, I remember those, yeah. <laughs> they, they were also built like fucking tanks, though. I remember driving, like, now if you, you buy a phone, you got to buy a case, then you got to put a case on your case, and if you fucking yep. sneeze at it, they fucking combust. Like, they fucking are like, oh, I broke it a million pieces, now you owe a trillion dollars to somebody. Back in the day, I remember I had a Nokia uh, candy bar phone, I'd put it in the visor of my car, I had my, wind my, my, my windows down, I was driving, I was merging onto the I-80, I was doing about 60 miles an hour coming into the merge off of uh, the exit. My phone... F flew out of the visor onto the expressway <laughs> at the at, on, on the entrance ramp. I pulled the car over, watched for Joe, ran out, grabbed it. It was the battery pack had popped off, the phone had popped off. It had a scratch, a scratch on it. <laughs> I put the battery back on, and that fucker worked for like two more years. Oh, wow. It was amazing. Nice. I don't know why they didn't they didn't line the Humvees with those. When I know. They sent them over to uh, to Iraq. They were know? amazing. Yeah. <laughs> didn't do anything. You could play Snake on it. That was yeah, the only yeah, thing you could do with the fucking thing. Just put a cord on it. Use them as a, as a weapon. Just swing them around your head. Bludgeon <laughs> <laughs> people. Yeah, man. Two th year 2000. That was only a couple years ago, right? Yeah, yeah I feel no like kidding, that. right? That's got to be true. I, I'm not uh, going to be 40 this Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, you guys, okay, so do you identify? I know you're both, uh, you're both atheists. You're both skeptics. When you're doing your work, are you identifying mostly along the skeptic line? That's the impression that I get. Just kind of challenging bad ideas, breaking them apart. 
Uh, yeah, I think I think I would identify myself as a as a skeptic for sure. I think uh, I think we should all be skeptics. I think if you have um, even even a vague sense of basic scientific literacy, it requires you to be a skeptic, right? Because um, without that, then you're just you're just using scientific uh, methodologies as a uh, as a go to for some things and not others. You know, it's it goes back to Bogosian. Like, you know, how do you know what's true? Like, you got to yeah. answer that question first, right? Yeah. Like, how do you come to know what's true? Um, and, and the answer can't be, well, I decide first and figure out if it if it matches my experience right, second, right. right? Like that's that's bullshit. So um, if you bring that approach, if that's your starting point, which is, you know, I'm, I'm going to make certain decisions about how I know what's true is true. And I'm going to come at, at all questions from the same foundational set of of, of uh, uh you know, beliefs or assumptions, then, you know, you're going to arrive at skepticism. You're going to arrive at atheism, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that goes all the way back to Socrates and its origin, right? Or at least the, the, the character of Socrates that we, we know at least he was a character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We know at least, he, at least Plato thought he slew someone. And I think uh, very relatably, uh, these, a lot of people got mad at him for asking questions that were not wanted. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing about questions, right? Like, I mean, questions are, are wonderful, but they're the most delightfully dangerous form of expression, right? I mean, to put a question mark at the end of something is just so much more satisfying um, for, for a lot of people, but quite dangerous. You know, we have this tendency to use periods when question marks are more appropriate. Yeah. Question marks invite us to continue a conversation, whereas, you know, a period invites you to end it. And I mean, that's that's the methodology, right? Like that's the Socratic method. That's, that's what science does. Science isn't there to put periods at the end of sentences. It's to encourage the question. Yeah. Well, there's, there's two things that are really seen as dangerous to anyone that's uh, authoritarian, I guess, a regime or, or an individual. One is questions and the other one is laughter. <laughs> you, uh, if you can make jokes about somebody who's supposed to be in power over you, uh, that makes them feel less secure. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Right. Well, I think Cecil and I both, you know, we, I think we both generally believe in the, in the, beyond just the fact that it's fun. I think we both genuinely believe that, you know, humor is a powerful force in the world. Um, I, I have no interest in, in yeah. being in a world or in, you know, or honestly in relationships of any kind with people that, that have no interest yeah, in humor. That are humorless. Yeah. Right. That's, that's not a world. That's not a world I will create for myself at all. You yeah. know, humor is intensely powerful. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. When I was uh, very young, one of the first people I, I really took to outside of my family as a, a kind of a, an, an idol, I guess, or a role model, I'm not really sure which word is right, was um, there was Ron Williams. Before him was uh, Bob Hope. Bob Hope was the first one I remember. I turned to my mother one day watching the show. I had been in a bad mood, and now I was laughing. And I said to her, this is really powerful. If you can make people laugh, you can really change their lives. This is when I was just a kid when I figured this yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. That's a hell of a revelation as a kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, that's a great revelation. Yeah, my favorite actor even to this day. Yeah. Uh, but my favorite actor even to this day is actually John Candy. Uh, sadly, he, he's dead, but uh, of, yeah. he was just very well grounded. His humor was so grounded in everyday life. John Candy of Canadian Bacon, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yes, and right. Uncle Buck. Whereas I prefer of, of Uncle Buck. Uncle, Uncle Buck. Buck. I remember flipping that fucking pancake oh, with a snow shovel. Love it. Love it. That's awesome. <laughs> I'd eat that whole pancake, man. I know. I'd power that thing down. You have to take it to Canada to get that to much a very large, syrup, though. <laughs> <laughs> to a very large extent, if you guys ever uh, watch an old John Candy movie, like Uncle Buck, one of his later ones where he's more himself, that is very much like a lot of my family members, That the way he behaves and even the way he looks. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. 
the explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording live from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical. It's political. And I think Cecil's out of coffee? And there is no coffee. Ah! <laughs> Pretend you're mine tonight. Um, so, okay. So, I, we're almost at an hour. Um, I guess one more curiosity I have is sure. you guys, much more than, than someone like myself, uh, you've been to a number of conferences, you've circulated, you've been doing your show for a long time. What's kind of uh, your view of sort of the community uh, or communities as they're kind of mingling with one another? What do you see when you're looking out right now? Where are you hoping that it will go? Gosh, there's so much to say about that. I, I will say this. Um, the community itself needs to get its shit together. Uh, there's a lot of things that divide us, and I think they're petty and, and they're bullshit. And I think that we, we agree on so much, and, uh, and we pull ourselves apart over so little yeah. all the time. Yep. And there's great minds on both sides that won't even look at each other anymore. They won't even talk to each other because they've got, their, they've got, they, they've got it in their mind that this other person is worthless. That because they have one idea that they disagree with or two ideas or three ideas that they disagree with, that the other person has nothing of worth. And I feel like that is a terrible, terrible road to go down. There's a lot of great minds on both sides of, uh, and I'm, I'm speaking specifically about the feminist issue um, in our in our culture, in the in the atheist culture. There's so there's great minds on both sides, yeah. and the problem is, is people won't look at both sides. They'll they'll have to pick an avatar. I've got to pick which side to be on. Am I am I a dark side <laughs> Jedi or am I a, or am I a dark side Sith or am I a light side Jedi? Which am I? And Maybe we have too many Dungeons and Dragons players in our community. I think, I think yeah, they, there's people who just they just want to be on a team. Yeah. And when I look at it, I can look at both sides and see great minds thinking about some really cool stuff when they're not talking about that one issue. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a real tough thing. It's a real tough place to be in right now in the community. It's a tough to be. It's tough to be neutral on that. Uh, you know, we get pressured on both sides all the time. And it's real tough to just be neutral and say, you know what? I don't care about it. I just don't care. I don't care enough to pick a side. I don't care enough to don your jersey. I just don't want to I don't want to think about it. Yeah. Um, what I what I what I do think, though, too, is that the community is generous, that the community has a lot of uh, optimism. And when we channel that or help channel that. I'm not going to say I channel that, but but we've helped channel some of that optimism and some of that generosity before. And it's such a force for good in the world that if we can just forget about all the bullshit, we could channel a lot of optimism and a lot of goodwill uh, to much better things, much more worthwhile yeah. pursuits. Uh, when it comes to conferences, uh, I, I think that a lot of conferences are great when you're first starting out. Yeah. They're great to meet people. They're great networking things. They don't have a lot for the advanced thought atheist. If you're a, somebody who has read a lot of books, if you've listened to a lot of podcasts, you're going to show up at one of these things expecting something uh, to sort of go to the next level, and you're not going to find it. At least we haven't found it yet. What I think you get at the events is more a camaraderie, a group of people that, you know, especially if you 
come from an area where you just can't be an out atheist or you don't know a lot of atheists, you show up at one of these things and you get a chance to talk about stuff you haven't talked about in a long time. So there's benefits there. But uh, but we found that the conferences as a learning tool have never been all that great. And, and we've been to some of the best ones and we just we, we've never found them to be super informative. Now, we've bailed on most of the talks, to be perfectly honest, yeah. and gone to find people. Uh, that's, yeah. that's usually what we do. It's um, and, and that has been a wonderful experience. Yeah. Going to find the people has been genuinely wonderful. I want to speak real quick to something Cecil had said about sure. the divisive nature of our uh, of, of our community. And I've, I've thought about this a little bit more recently. And, you know, what occurs to me is that <clears throat> it, part of this, I think, stems from really deeply good intentions, intellectually good intentions, because we have this idea that if, if, if there's anything that, that is a defining feature of atheists in general, and there's very little it is it's it's this idea that we can know what's true and part of the problem is that if you start off thinking i can know some true things about the world and there should be there should be truths about the world and then you find yourself in the unwelcome position of being at odds with somebody who has another truth about the world um then that reflexively i think oftentimes we're reflexively defensive in in staking our our flag in the ground and saying you know this is the position this is the hill i want to die on because so frequently um People in the atheist community have been told, you know, um, almost everybody has to deconvert, right? Most people don't start off from a position of atheism. They're, they start off from a position of religiosity. They have to deconvert, move into atheism, yeah. and then they have to plant that flag on that hill and say, okay, there are things in the world which are true. There's a way to come to knowledge and come to truth. I've, I've developed a methodology which has helped me come to knowledge and truth. If I apply that across the board, I should come to true and knowledgeable things. And then when you move into gray area topics, such as feminism and social justice issues, those are much less black and white than something like the God issue. And if you apply the same, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be able to learn exactly what's true, arrive at a conclusion and stake my flag upon a hill. If you apply that same mentality, oftentimes you become very inflexible uh, intellectually. And, and I think that that's really unfortunate, but I also do think that it's an inevitable byproduct of uh, kind of the, the deconversion process and kind of the um, yeah. intellectual stream that comes along with that. Yeah. Just a thought while listening to you guys talk, do you think it might help a little bit if um, maybe what's going on is these conferences all try to kind of encompass the same sort of really important things? Do you think maybe we've gotten to the point now where it'd be helpful for more specialization to occur between the different conferences? That might ease some of the tensions a little bit, right? If there's a, if there's a conference, for instance, where certain social justice issues are going to be focused on, then they might feel like they're they're being taken seriously, the people who really feel passionate about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think at the very least, the conferences need to have um, they they need to have kind of a, a differentiation between you know kind of intro level welcome to the community sort of yes. uh, yeah. stuff, and then they need to have okay, you're you've been a part of this community. It's a fucking third tam you've been to. You don't need to go to a talk about why you know possession isn't real. You're at tam. You already know it's not real. <laughs> That's a waste of an hour of your life. Let's move into some deeper, grayer, more complex areas, and let's get away from having a speaker and into having panels and into yeah. having workshops yeah. and yeah. you know let's dig in and learn something cool. and then find points of connection Dude. being lectured to uh is great when you need uh some basic knowledge yeah, some basic knowledge yeah. you know when you're at the 096 level fine but if you're sitting around like okay man i got my prereqs in the books what's next you really need a smaller class size and yeah, some deeper thinking for sure now and you're not going to find that at a conference now, you're just not right now the way they're structured yeah how how common is it uh, to have debates set up on issues is that pretty rare or pretty common that you, in your experience that these 
events. I haven't seen I haven't seen any debates, like actual debates. I saw one, I think, at TAM. There was one debate, and it was it was pretty mild. It was a pretty mild debate. It's more panel stuff. Now, at the risk of people getting out of their chairs and whacking each other with their chairs at a debate, <laughs> which I suppose could happen, uh, I, I think debates are really healthy for this type of stuff. You get to kind of basically listen to arguments from both sides sure. as opposed to getting personal about sure. yourself. I would love to see an Oxford-style debate that has, like, I don't know, like Rebecca Watson on one side and Thunderfoot on the other. Yeah. Oh, I would yeah. love to see that. I would love to see those two, you know, try to hash this out, try to talk it out, try to figure it out. You know, I don't know. In a controlled, in a moderated control, environment. It's yeah. a moderated environment. It's not, yeah. I get my talk and I get to make my little video. It's, let's have a conversation. Let's figure it out. You know, I, th that shit makes me nuts. They're like, I'm going to fucking put my video up and you're going to put your video up and our videos will fight each other. And it's like, man, why don't we go in the same room? Yeah. It's just, you know, because that's the sort of like road rage mentality. Yeah. It's like, as long as everybody's not in the same room, it's real easy to be like, I totate your guts! Yeah. Exclamation point one, one, one. Yep, I'm going to be a dick. And right. I can be a dick because it's 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 not that I'm anonymous, but I'm far enough a, a removed from you that I, I, I don't I don't have any kind of uh, sense of right. being civil. Yeah. yeah. I think when you get two people in a room that disagree, all of a sudden they're real polite. Yeah. And they, they realize, oh, I'm talking to a human being. Oh, yeah. look at that. They have skin and eyes and yeah. feelings and a heart just like I do. I, I get well, the impression that a really good example of someone who was very steeped and very experienced in debate was Hitchens. And I get the distinct sense that a lot of the people he was debating with most heavily on the stage, he was actually on very good terms with uh, off the stage. And I can't speak for all the relationships, but... I think that from the people I know who've been in debate clubs, they've done a lot of debating. This seems to be something where they don't feel it. They have to take it as personal when they get used to doing this. Yeah, in, like yeah. you say, this controlled fashion. Yeah, I mean, isn't that the essence of intellectual debate? Is you don't take it personal. You look at each other and say, "Hey, man, we're on other sides of the of, issue, of the topic but, yeah. here." But this isn't about what this isn't about an attack on me as a human. It's about you know, here's some ideas. I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking put my ideas out there. I'm gonna poke them on my ideas. Like I fucking choose you, and you choose yours, and we'll see which one wins. Yeah, or and there, it's that's honesty. Or there's there's a possible now. I'm just gonna throw this out there. There's a, there's a business opportunity you guys could set up a stand at a conference on one side and and we will set one up on the other and we each sell something to spray or throw at the other side of it <laughs> like we'll bring rotten tomatoes yeah. with us yeah yeah some money to be made uh yeah <laughs> merchandising opportunities await. i like it <laughs> all right well i said i wouldn't keep you more than an hour i you know i really appreciate you guys coming on my uh, my verdict is I, I find you guys very enjoyable and rational so. Well, we'll try to get rid of the second part. Yeah. Of <laughs> Thanks for having us on, though. We do appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, man, what a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thanks. Before you guys go, can I get you just to say where people can find you as if they won't know if they're listening to my show, but uh, where yeah, they sure. can find you? Yeah, sure. Yeah, of course you will. Want? Yeah. Well, if people want to find our show, they can go to dissonancepod.com. That's one word, dissonancepod. And uh, we, you can also find us on uh, on. Uh, any kind of aggregator for podcasts. <laughs> yeah. So iTunes, Stitcher, we're all over the place. Awesome. Perfect. Thanks. Hey, thanks was, again for nice the opportunity to, to be on your show. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, all right. Bye. Take care. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it.